0: Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate, on Game Week. Jeff, it is the game. It is the week of bitter hatred, of anticipation, Um, and I don't know how many more years. This is the last year we're ever going to get a week like this where... It's Winner Go Home. Uh, The winner of the East is on the line. Um, And this is a true playoff game for both of these programs, both of our programs. Um, And this is really the last year that we are going to get the game with all of this on the line. And this week has just... I just cannot wait for Saturday. Yeah,
1: it's, it's the type of week that we've been waiting for since you and I started this podcast. We obviously... I mean, you know, like this is something this week is what we've been waiting to talk about. And then next week, whoever gets that win, because there's going to be a lot of uh, talk to the other person. That's how it goes. And it, yeah, Cole, it's it is. It's funny, though, you say that about kind of like an end of an era in a way, because it is like next year um, we go to a 12 team playoff. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State is obviously going to be the same level of intensity. It doesn't matter what. It mean like that game is always going to mean the utmost between those two schools. But it's a little different because this week is, by most experts, a pure elimination game. Um, crazy, crazy scenarios would have to happen for the loser to probably make the playoff. Um, you can go down the rabbit hole with that, but there's a lot of things. Um, and so, yeah, it's the last week for the East, too. I mean, Big Ten Divisions are done, well, at least as we know it. Um, and it is awesome that it is game week. We're recording this Tuesday, November 21st. You guys are getting this episode a day earlier because we just have to get you guys ready. I mean, there is so much, so much to unpack in this game, and we obviously had some other games we want to talk to, but it's exciting, Cole. It's the week. It's crazy that we're already at this point, to be honest. Uh, it's. I mean, even looking at just college basketball, it's almost three weeks in, and it's like, time just flies so you got to live in the present and enjoy these great games that we're getting and we got the biggest one this Saturday
0: yeah I think uh, we have done as a podcast and even for me personally I've done a very good job of living in the moment and I do think when you do that it, it just flies because you're enjoying every step of the ride um, every I love everything about the college football season from the anticipation uh, of the prep. Before the season starts uh, to those early games, you're finally getting to see your team um, actually lace them up and put those pads on and go out there uh, to the middle where you're starting to play real teams. Except for Michigan, it didn't happen until later. Um, it's The whole journey has been just so much fun uh, and living in the moment for all of it of what is a whole college football season um, down to this where it's bittersweet because... We're so happy like that this is the game. This is the week. Um, and there's nothing that we'd rather have than to watch this game. But that also signifies uh, the end of the season. Um, but it has been a great ride. And we have still so much more to learn about this college football season. It seems like they've saved uh, all the twists and turns and the big moments of this story that is this season for the end. and uh, it, 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 And there's like you said last week, I think seven or eight teams are still in contention technically to make the playoff. Um, so we have a lot that we're going to learn this week and next week um, before we're able to get that in. And I can't remember. I don't think that we've ever had a time where we are this up in the air as who the four teams in will be.
1: No, we definitely, I don't think have had this level of uh, teams in contention. We've just never had eight teams going into the final week um, with legit shots to make a playoff. And, it's one of those things as a fan of obviously Ohio State or Michigan, like this is what you want. Um, you want that team to be 11 0, and you want the chance to give them their dagger for the season and make them have that only loss in the regular season. And it's, I mean, it's in front of both teams. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, Cole and I are saving it for the last game uh, that we talk about on this episode because we're going in depth. We, you will never hear as much talk about one game as we will be doing for this game on Saturday. Now, Colt playoff, we are recording this a day earlier. Usually we record this Wednesday night um, of each week. And so we know now what the playoff is. And it just happened. They just announced what the playoff uh, rankings look like. And to be honest, the only change we really want to talk about here is Washington jumps Florida State. Now, Colt I don't think that's because of Jordan Travis entirely. I really don't. Um, You look at what Washington has done from a resume standpoint, uh, a win at home against Oregon, number six in the CFP ranking, a win at Oregon state, number 16 in the playoff ranking. Uh, Utah did drop out, but they have a win against Arizona, who is now 15 in the playoff ranking. That's three top 16 wins. Um, and you look at Florida State, and their only win is LSU. So when looking at that, or and Clemson, I did not know, Cole. I just checked. They snuck in. So the Clemson's back, so that does give Florida State two top 25 wins. But I think it made sense for them to put Washington in there just due to what they have done week in and week out. I doubted Washington pretty heavily. I just thought they would trip up, and they didn't do it. And I don't think they're going to trip up against Washington State And they're going to be 12-0 going to a Pac-12 championship. And for that, I think they deserved to jump Florida State with that resume. And uh, people are going to say, oh, it's because Jordan Travis. I bet that's part of it. I do think that's the case. But I think it's more of a resume type uh, movement than it is just Jordan Travis. What are your thoughts?
0: I don't think that Jordan Travis has anything to do with it. I do think it's all... Um, what Washington has done, and what they just proved last weekend, of not only are they a really, really good football team, they're also a really tough football team, uh, and they're able to withstand any big trip-up moment. And and yeah, like they boosted their resume enough, they just continued to do more against better teams to where it was. It, Florida State didn't go down at all. Washington just went up a lot um, after that win. And that was a big prove it win. And they, they absolutely deserve it based on their resume compared to Florida State's resume. Um, I think I don't think Jordan Travis is going to have anything to do with um, their ranking, because at the end of the day for Florida State, if they were to lose a game between now and then, Whether Jordan Travis was healthy or not, they'd probably be the team, the one-loss team that is on the out, assuming Texas win and other things happen. Um, I think even a Michigan or Ohio State loser of this game, assuming it's close, would make it in over a one-loss Florida State. Um, So whether Jordan Travis is playing or not, I think they have an equal chance of making the playoff um, just from a resume perspective because it's all in front of them. If they're an undefeated conference champ, they're in. If they lose the game, they're not in. Um, And I think that's not going to happen. People will talk about it and debate it. Jordan Travis being injured um, really doesn't have anything to do with it because I think you win, you're in, you lose, you're not in. And it's quite that simple, um, especially with their resume and the way they've been looking in the past few weeks. I I think it's that simple. And I think the Jordan Travis conversation of are they going to be in or out without him um, it's just something to pass by on the news segments. Cause I don't think it really has, doesn't even matter.
1: I totally agree with you. Um, and it, and it shouldn't matter because it should be viewed as how that team is, uh, just the collective work they've done and all that. And you can't just like pun- penalize a team, especially if they win, um, the last two games of the year, I just don't think you can do that. So Cole, what I want to do is go kind of. Uh, We're going to do a little differently. Uh, There's not many games, to be honest, uh, to our listeners that are big ones that we want to talk about, but we want to make sure everybody is aware of how these conference championship scenarios are going to work. And speaking of Florida State, we're going to start in the ACC. ACC is locked up. Um, There will be no result this weekend that changes who plays in, I think, Charlotte is where that uh, championship game is in two weeks uh, it's going to be Louisville and it's going to be Florida State now I do want to talk really quick about Florida State's game at Florida so that's a huge rivalry I mean you can go back I remember growing up as a kid watching Tim Tebow playing that game all bloodied dirtied up it was just that's a huge rivalry the line in this game is very interesting it has moved a ton since it obviously opened and that is in note uh, small part due to Jordan Travis's injury. Florida is down to a six and a half point underdog at home. Graham Murch is out for the game. So I think that's a killer for Florida just because he has the continuity of being a quarterback but th- or their starter. This is a big statement opportunity for Florida State. If they can go in, beat this team by two or three scores, I think that kind of silences a lot of um, the haters to Florida State. Not that, and Cole and I have all year said, Florida is not uh, a good team. Like They're just not, but it's still a rivalry game. Uh, This game's for Florida to go to a bowl game, so they're playing for something. It means something to Florida, and I think this is actually going to be a pretty good game just because of, I think it's hard to win road games just in general, and then factor in Tate Rotomaker, having a lot of pressure on him. I think you see them really, really try to run the football um, and then he has some really good guys to throw it. So I, that's kind of the ACC call. Um, Florida State, it's, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think they lose, but I think they're going to be challenged more than Florida State fans most certainly want.
0: Yeah, in theory, you would think it's going to be a tough game considering it's at Florida in the Swamp where they have performed well this year and where they will always perform well. And no matter how good or how bad this program is, um, the Swamp will always be a, just a tough environment to to play in and the fans will show up and they will be loud however Billy Napier is just not a good coach and he is a horrible situational coach as well Um, especially when their defense has to do anything in a late game situation Um, I have no faith in this team they're both without a quarterback um, without their starting quarterback all things equal I I don't see Florida moving the ball once in this game just because of how bad their offense has been without Graham Mertz I mean uh, if you watch them last year I know there are some players out and last year's not this year um, but they were playing um, Oregon State in their bowl game last year and I think they gained like they had like three points all game it was it was one of the ugliest ways of offense I've seen and their defense isn't great if I'm just using my brain and not factoring in how much different of a team Florida has looked in the swamp it seems like Florida State should just be able to kill them. Just throw it up to their weapons, and they should like they should be able to make it through. Um, but yeah, anything could happen in a rivalry game, as we know, uh, on the road, and it's a, a hostile environment. So yeah, who knows what's gonna happen? I Florida has been at their right on the line of their season win total. I took the under on five and a half. They've been at five wins for the last four weeks or so. Um, so I. This has been a very fun ride for me. Uh, with, that's been the most fun under I've ever taken, and I want I'm excited to see uh this last game if they can Florida State can hold them off.
1: Yeah, Florida State's got to make a statement. You don't want it even to be close if you're Florida State. Obviously, take out the rivalry, but that's just what you need to you need to go for some style points here. I think if you're Florida State, so Big Twelve cole Um, this one there is quite a bit of scenarios in the Big Twelve. Um. Friday, though, so we do have college football Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week, just for those of you uh, that are watching uh, or listening to this episode. Uh, Friday, though.
0: And Tuesday, we have Maxion on right can't now. Can't
1: forget about Maction. That is correct. We don't, <laughs> we don't give Maction the love it deserves sometimes. But Big 12, Texas, they have the easiest scenario. or well, Texas and Oklahoma State do. So Texas plays Texas Tech on Friday night. At home, uh, they're 12.5-point favorites. Texas wins that game. They're in. Oklahoma plays earlier in that day, too, at noon. If Oklahoma wins, then it goes to the next day for uh, Oklahoma. If Oklahoma loses, I don't think they're actually mathematically eliminated. I have the scenarios. It's kind of crazy. Oklahoma is not 100% eliminated with a loss, they said. I, I don't understand it, but um, that's what... I don't get that but it says in the thing I'm reading with scenarios Oklahoma is not does not lose their chance if they lose a the TCU but I'm going to think I think that's wrong so I'm not fact checking that right now but Oklahoma state BYU Saturday afternoon Oklahoma state is a 17 point favorite call and BYU's playing for a bowl game this is a tough uh, gritty BYU team they have uh, I mean these guys some of these dudes are 25 26 um Oklahoma State's looked like two different teams the last two weeks. Uh, and who knows? I mean, they're big favorites, but you never know. So Kansas State is the other team that technically, I think has a chance, but I think they need Oklahoma State to lose and Oklahoma to lose. So a lot of stuff needs to happen. But Cole, at the end of the day, I think it's gonna be Texas and Oklahoma State. I don't think we're gonna get uh, our Red River rivalry part two like we were hoping so badly for earlier in the season, especially after that game. Um, I think Oklahoma does win. I think they beat TCU, take care of business, hit my over, uh, nine and a half wins, which would be huge. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Oklahoma State, Texas. And to be honest with you, I, I'm i not too excited for that because no, no disrespect to Oklahoma State, what they've done this year is outstanding. There is I mean, I picked him as my surprise team. I can't claim them like Cole claims Arizona because Cole stuck with Arizona. I gave up on Oklahoma State. Um, but heck of a job from Mike Gundy. I just, from a fan standpoint, I want Oklahoma, Texas. But I think it's going to be Oklahoma State
0: versus Texas, Cole. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can write off. Let's say it is Texas, Oklahoma State. I, I would like Texas, Oklahoma State. I think that's what it will be as well. However, Texas seems like they're allergic to just, just like beating teams how they should they have not looked good and the what like the last five weeks six weeks they they've been really struggling and not doing what they should do texas tech is a sneaky team that at the very least has the ability to win a game they shouldn't and just to play uh i know uh tyler shout just uh um, entered the transfer portal. So, but that's like Texas tech doesn't make sense. They, they could win again. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense, especially with the way Texas has been playing. Um, so this is such a volatile conference and teams are beating teams. They shouldn't. And it's just pe- teams are not wanting to just step up and say, I'm the top dog in this conference with the exception of Texas, but they still, like I said, have not looked great. So I really, anything can happen. This is the conference of chaos this year. Um, I do, it is the most likely scenario that it is Texas, Oklahoma state. Uh, And then at that point, who knows? But yeah, I think really any single combination can happen here in the big 12 this week. And I won't be surprised in the slightest, just given how these teams have shown, shown up the last for the whole season, really. Yeah.
1: And it's a good point you bring up about Texas. They lost Jonathan Brooks two weeks ago, and that's a huge loss. He all around was their best player this year. Um, and that's a team with Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, uh, Donnie Mitchell. Like, But he's been all around their best player. Uh, they've really utilized running backs. I mean, just look at last year. They had Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Those are two guys playing meaningful snaps in the NFL as a rookie right now. So I agree with that. Um, yeah, you never know, especially in that conference. I know we both have the futures on Texas, and we both had them in our playoffs. So I think – Deep down, we're kind of hoping for that, but it also could help if Texas doesn't win and the loser of Michigan-Ohio State could possibly get in, and that helps a lot if Texas does not win. So, who knows? Colt, put Pac-12 hat on here. Uh, you are going to go to a really good game here um, in a week and a half. I That's going to be really fun. Uh, you're going to be taking over the uh, Twitter and Instagram, posting some stuff, just giving you know the fans some experience of that game. And... I think it's going to be Oklahoma or I think it's going to be Oregon, Washington. I think I know that's who you do want. I know Arizona, the love for Arizona would be cool, but as just a person going to the game, I know you want Oregon, Washington, pretty simple scenarios here. Washington and Oregon win their games, which they're heavily favored to do. They're both. in. if Oregon loses and Arizona wins, then that brings uh, a lot of stuff into play. Um, if Cole, because if, if Oregon wins and Washington loses, Washington still has the tiebreaker, so it, Washington's locked up. Correct, Mister Pac-12 Cole.
0: Yeah, Washington. Washington is officially official locked up. They were, I think, last week as well. Um, by my when I went through it um, last week, but yeah, they're officially locked up, and it's very simple. Oregon loses and Arizona wins. Arizona's in. Oregon wins. Oregon's in so it's just simple enough yeah um and oregon does not have an easy game they play oregon state coming off um a loss and uh, i mean oregon state is not a team that can be written off at all um however i think last week was the, the best shot for oregon state um it's gonna be like 49 degrees and clear skies uh on friday evening and it's it's going to be conditions that where Oregon can kind of do what they want. They have been a freight train lately. However, the PAC 12 always tends to drop a game with a contender that they shouldn't do. Um, and Oregon state has done this to Oregon in the past, beating them when, and just ruining any hopes that they may have had. So it, anything can happen here. It's like we, like we know we'll say this over and over again. It's a rivalry game and anything can happen to civil war as of right now the last game that they'll play for a while, obviously Washington, Washington state just renewed the apple cup. I'm sure Oregon and Oregon state will renew uh, their rivalry as well. Um, But I mean, that's, that's the game. I think Arizona um, is going to crush Arizona state and I don't think they're going to really worry about it too much. They're just going to go out and take care of business on Saturday. Um, But Oregon, they just need to win. And and I, I, uh, what I want to see on, Friday, December 1st in Las Vegas is a playoff game. I want to see a winner go home. Winner goes to the playoffs. I want the whole country watching this game to see who is going to be the team from the Pac-12 in the playoffs. I want to feel all those stakes and all that pressure uh, in person. And I, that's, that's the game that I want to see. I want to see these two teams who have been performing outstanding this year, um, go back at it. It was like, part one was an amazing matchup and I want to see uh, what part two holds. And uh, yeah, my, my preference is I love Arizona. My preference is Washington, Oregon. Cause I think that will be an electric, electric game to be at.
1: Yeah. Cole, you're going to get that, that that's the game you're going to get to go see. I'm pretty confident in that. I, I don't, I don't think, I think Oregon right now, you could argue is the hottest team in college football. Um, now, schedule and who they've played recently yeah that could that definitely plays a role in it but they're dominant on offense uh, Bo Nix is clicking with those guys and I don't think they're gonna have a problem with Oregon State I mean it's a 13 and a half point line and you just think about like rivalry games and all of that I mean you look at Ohio State Michigan it's a three point three and a half point line and that's 13 and a half that's a big difference um, and I think it speaks to there's a big difference in those two teams. And Oregon State had Mother Nature on their side last Saturday. Um, everything they needed possible to pull that upset against Washington. And they didn't, and I think they're going to be deflated with that. I know it's the rivalry game. They're going to get up for that. But that's a hard one to, uh, to come off of and then have to go play your arch rival in the last edition of it, as we know, in the Pac-12. So I think it'll be hard. Um, Cole, SEC... Oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, I do think with that rivalry game, obviously it doesn't matter that much. Um, this team kind of has a similar feel to me as the Lions last year, as far as we don't care. We want to just go beat our rival. That's what the Lions did against the Packers after they were already eliminated last year. Uh, and the way Jed Fish was talking in his uh, press today that he said that we hate Arizona State. We We're not, we don't really care what the result is in eugene we're gonna go out there and we're gonna absolutely try to defeat our bitter rival so i do think that they are gonna come this is a very well coached team and their team has a chip on their shoulder clearly that's why i've done so well this year i don't think that there's any worry uh for for me uh for arizona losing that game to arizona state
1: yeah no and i none of it yeah arizona's win their game i no doubts about that. There's just more about Oregon State. I don't think they can do it. So SEC, we're going to spend one minute on the SEC. Uh, that that conference is decided. Alabama, Georgia, like pretty much most people expect at the beginning. Obviously, there was a lot of people that also thought LSU could play Georgia. Cole is included in that, but that also was a very popular pick from a bunch of people. Um, and there's really no games in this conference that I am like... A lot of them, some aren't even conference games. Like you look at Georgia plays Georgia Tech. They're going to kill Georgia Tech. You got Florida plays Florida State out of conference. You got Bama-Auburn, which, yeah, there, that could be a close game, but the line has creeped up in that one. I think it opened at like 11 and a half. It's all the way up to 14 and a half. So I don't think many people think that one's going to be as close. But to be honest, that's a huge rivalry game. It's at Auburn. You never know. I don't think anything's going to really change Cole I don't think we're going to have any like big eye-opening results in the SEC Uh, I think LSU plays Texas A&M Arkansas plays Missouri Um, anything you pay attention to Cole this week I mean that both these teams kind of have I would say easier games in terms of from a spread standpoint Alabama's is a lot harder but I think both those teams win and I think you pretty much see the status quo in the SEC
0: yeah from I guess the Playoff implications, um, and just the conference implications, at least, there's nothing to look for. However, there's, there are four th- things that we'll be kind of watching. Uh, obviously, we talked about it. Florida State, Florida. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one. Um, on Friday, just as a fan of football, the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, that's just a fun game every year. Thursday. Uh, oh, sorry. It's th- actually th- Yeah, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. It's on Thursday. Um, Ole- Mississippi State, almost Miss has been better the past few years. Mississippi State always finds a way um at least when they were under mike leach um to come and win this game and just and it was almost like michigan state um over michigan just like when they would be the worst team but they would come out and get that win and they would just care and want it more and fight harder that seems to be like mississippi state seems to have ole miss's number it's a rivalry game so uh there is it's never just a given that ole miss is going to win that game um the next one is texas a&m lsu uh just a battle of a lot of five stars honestly and that's just there's talent there obviously where no one should be watching that game because Ohio State Michigan will be on um but that's also Jaden Daniels last kind of last shot to put up anything for the Heisman this is his last game while a lot of the other contenders have conference championship week to play in so that was one at least to keep an eye out uh, as far as see what Jaden Daniels does um and how Texas a m does considering, you know, there's transfer talk. There's Jaden daniels Heisman talk. That's just something to keep an eye on. And then lastly, obviously, the Iron Bowl. In my opinion, the second best rivalry in college football. Not the first. People will argue that. Um, but I think most people would say it's the game. Um, but Hugh Freeze has a tendency. Uh, he did this at Ole Miss. He's done this. He loses bad games. But he also will pull out some giant wins against teams like Alabama in the past and and the big dogs. And this just would seem like the most Hugh freeze team ever. And if they were to follow up a bad loss at home to New Mexico, uh, New Mexico state uh, for a win against Alabama, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying it's the iron bowl. Crazy things happen. They've kept Alabama out of the playoffs before, at least hurt them at the end of the year before. Um, Alabama's a better team, um, but this team also beat Arkansas 4-3 a few weeks ago. So Hugh Freeze and Auburn, they are a very weird team. And, and no matter what you say, Tiger Stadium is a hard place to play. Um, it is hard to play in Auburn. So, And it's the Bowl. The crazy things happen in the It's—it It is a giant rivalry no matter how good or how bad one of the teams are. is a huge game. So keep an eye on that one as well.
1: That game in a way is also kind of like Michigan, Michigan State, because most of the year or most of the time you would say Alabama is definitely the better team and Auburn finds a way to occasionally win some of those games. And especially when it might not even be as big of a game for Auburn uh, in terms of like what their season has looked like at that point. But no, I agree, Cole. I think the one thing people that think Auburn Alabama is a better rivalry are just, I don't get it. Especially if you just look historically at what those two programs are like to college football. I mean, Michigan obviously gets their a thousandth win and is the most winningest program ever. And I don't know what Ohio state is, but I, I'm pretty sure Ohio state's got to be ahead of those two Auburn and Alabama. Just if I had to guess based on history of playing and stuff. So it's yeah, Ohio State, Michigan's obviously way better. So I want to do big 10 really quickly. The, the
0: last thing I want to say to that argument is which one is just called the game and everyone knows what you're talking about. Like you have to have a, if you have to have a name for yours, then it's probably not the number one. And also what's the one game? Everyone compares their rivalry to ohio state michigan not don't, people don't all everyone's not comparing their rivalry to the, the iron bowl they're all comparing it to the game so one if it's called the game just the game and two if everyone is comparing your rivalry to ohio state michigan it's probably the one that you're being compared to every time that's the better one so those are my arguments i've been preparing those for a while obviously I have to pull it out sometimes so just to put that to bed real quick so everyone knows exactly where i'm at it's the the game
1: ohio Ohio or ohio state uh michigan Best football, hands down, Duke North Carolina. Best hands down basketball. Uh, the one that always gets thrown into basketball is Indiana Purdue. That that one especially is a huge deal in that state, but not to the level Duke North Carolina is. So Cole, we're gonna get to the Michigan game, Ohio State game here in a sec. But I gotta do. We're gonna do it now because I want to go Ohio State Michigan and then go into our A plus picks of the week. Uh, Michigan State ends their season. This Friday and then the crazy off season begins uh, where you're going to see a, I'm hoping, a quick moving coaching hire. The reason I want a quick moving one is so then you can hit the portal. You can retain guys. You can just, I think it positions you better for the next season if you hire a coach quick. Uh, they play on, the. well, not, I guess it's not on the road. They play in Detroit uh, at Ford Field Friday night against Penn State. They're 21 and a half point underdogs. To be honest, I think that line's pretty big just based on what I've seen for Penn State. I don't think they're a team that can go blow out anybody. Um, but then again, I also am probably higher on Michigan State than most people are, but I think they're playing for something. They're playing for Harlem Barnett, who they really like. Um, and a lot of people are of late have said Wow, I wonder if Harlan Barnett sneaks his way into the head coaching search. Well, I think he's gonna get a legitimate shot. Um, I don't think he ultimately gets it, but he deserves a chance, and he has really fought for a team that there was not much fight when Mel Tucker left. And those guys gotta give him credit. But it's been a tough year, and it will end Friday night. No bowl game for Michigan State, regardless of a win. Um, But it'd be a cool way go beat Penn State. That's a huge rivalry um that that goes back a long way the Penn State Michigan State rivalry obviously not what their rivalry is with Michigan but um it's a big game Cole and it would be it'd just be cool to see maybe an upset happen um just for the sake of Harlem Barnett but I don't think it's going to happen but I think it's closer than maybe 21 and a half
0: yeah and it's cool that it's at Ford Field I think that's just a good way to um to kind of define this game too just more of a Let's make it. I think it's the perfect game to have in a pro stadium like this, um, especially night game in the in late November. Um, but yeah, I think Harlan Barnett. He'll definitely at the very least get the courtesy in the mix interview for the head coaching job. Um, and I think he will be there uh, in case their coaching search does not go as planned. Um, but I don't think he is the guy that they necessarily want. I think they want to make more of a splash. They want to have uh, provide a little more hope. Uh, with this the new guy the new shiny toy um, to sell to their boosters to sell for that NAL money Um, and that's so important you need to be able to sell that hope um, to get that money and especially in today's world so um, I think if you get hollering Barnett I don't know if if he ends up if he's a bad decision at all I'm just saying I think that will mean the coaching search did not go as planned for Michigan State Um, I've obviously I've said this is a there's a guy that you would like to root for unless you're his rival. Um, but he is just a, seems like a very stand-up guy. He, his leader of men, his players love him. Um, seems like he does everything right, which is something that's very important um, with just what goes on, has going on sadly at Michigan state over the past few years. Like you definitely want someone um, with very high character. And uh, this is no question uh, from what I've seen and what I know about it, that Harlan Barnett is that guy with character. Um, but I think they're going to go out and search and um, try to make a bigger splash. Yeah, I
1: think it'd be cool if he could retain on the staff, like if they could retain him, but that's ultimately up to the new head coach they were to, were to hire. Kind of funny, uh, I don't buy into this stuff, and Michigan State fans all want Urban. Uh, it's I, I mean, if you go on social media and you follow Michigan State, you know that Michigan State really wants Urban. It's really funny the lengths people will go to, like, figure out things there's like obviously people tracking flights and all that stupid stuff but all of the coordinator four of the coordinators have all listed their uh houses for sale in lansing uh michigan state coaches. the only one that hasn't is their defensive coordinator scotty hazelton and every time urban has to come to a new staff he's retained the defensive coordinator so all these people are going nuts and it's just kind of funny it's just just for some fun you know for the offseason and uh basketball will pick up here for them and then they won't worry about it but it's just kind of funny so cole it is the greatest time on the podcast we are here to talk the game ohio state michigan ohio state's number two in the country michigan's number three in the country this line opened and i'm looking at just at espn bet on my uh computer i know fanduel has the line at three and a half Um, for Michigan. No free ads. Oh yeah. No free ads. Can't do that unless they sponsor us. But ESPN (laughs) bet has the line opening at five and a half. It's down to three on ESPN bet. So money is moving in on Ohio state Colt. Now I have never done the research ever to like correlate. Like if that ever means anything in games, because there's so many games and markets move and I'm not going to spend the time, but it seems like it was trending up towards Michigan, middle of the year. Uh, Michigan, I think, because I think it opened, when you and I talked about this beginning of the year, I think it was Michigan two and a half. I, I'm pretty sure, sh- this was like week one. Um, and then it moved all the way up to, I think, five and a half or six and a half. And now it's down to three. Six and a half six is and a half what I was saw the most. That the okay. highest. So now it's down to three on ESPN bet. FanDuel has it at three and a half. We're not talking about any of that. This game doesn't matter with spreads. It doesn't matter. Um, It is going to be a great football game from the second it kicks off. Cole, I wanted you to give me an injury report uh, for Michigan. You're the Michigan insider on this podcast. Uh, What do we know about any of the injuries? And I know this is Tuesday. To be honest, a lot of the stuff might not even be out but I know you follow a lot of beat reporters. What are you hearing?
0: Yeah, so as of uh yesterday, um Sharon Moore said in uh their, you know, uh, Game Week press conference that uh Hinton, our left tackle, um Mike Barrett, our linebacker, and Roman Wilson, our wide receiver, these are all three guys that got banged up last week. Um, said that they are all on track according to schedule. Um some of keeping them out was precautionary. Um and that they that they should as as long as everything progresses well, unless they're just hiding it, um, which could be possible. I mean, people go to amazing lengths for this game, which as they should. Um, it looks like they will all be suiting up and playing um, on Saturday. So, very good news for for them. Uh, JJ McCarthy, um, he has also taken a big jump in his recovery uh, from his ankle. He was banged up a little bit on that ankle heading into. Um, the Maryland game obviously twisted it, tweaked it a little bit more in that game. Um, he said that he is feeling the best that he's felt all year, um, and that he has made some uh, hit some big strides and made some uh, good milestones in his in his pr- progress. So uh, JJ should be completely healthy. Michigan should be perfectly healthy enough, and that's just all you can kind of ask for in this game.
1: Yeah, in Ohio State, I'll give you guys the update. There's not much. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg is the starting linebacker from Ohio State. Uh, basically, what I read into it is they held him out of the uh, game against Minnesota last week, just precautionary, kind of like Cole mentioned with Michigan. So I, there's no major injuries whatsoever for Ohio State, and that's the way we want this game to be. Um, obviously, J.J. does have the little ankle problem that Cole's talked about. McCord got hurt three weeks ago, rolled his ankle pretty good. There, None of these dudes are 100%. It's just the fact of the matter. I mean uh you're you've played a grinding 11 game season already it doesn't matter these guys these, these these both of these teams know what this game means uh you don't have to go in there and extra you know external motivation is not a thing for this game like this game is all in that locker room it's a lot of motivation for ohio state they've lost two straight uh, a lot of these guys on this team have lost to michigan And it's a team that it's a program that had not had many of those guys that had lost to Michigan. And two in a row and in this series for how talented Ohio State is, is not good. And so you have to, you have to, you can't need, you don't need external motivation whatsoever for this game. You get a chance to end the streak in Michigan's house. um, And you get a chance to basically go to a playoff with the win. And you get to prevent a team from going to the playoff. It's the same thing for Michigan. Like they're, they're all the like the stakes of this game are it, like you, there's not bigger stakes. Like there, there can't ever be. Like it is for a playoff. Yes, they have to go beat Iowa the next week. Both of these teams, but it's that big of a game, and it's it's a weird game from coming into because usually Cole, I am like sitting here. Even the last two years, and I'll tell you this, and you know this because I talked to you about the games. I'm like Ohio State's offense is so good; they're going to be able to move it against even how good Michigan's defense is. Because Michigan's had an unbelievable defense the last few years. Obviously, when Don Brown was there, you knew that they might be good every other week, and then they play Ohio State, and they're not. Well, they're different. They're, I mean, they have Will McDonald. Is that that's his name, or Will, uh, or Mike? Mc- Mike, Mike,
0: Mike McDonald.
1: Mike McDonald. Okay. And they had him, and now they have Jesse Minter. These are completely different defenses, uh, and they are way better defenses than what Don Brown put out on the field. And I always was like, oh, Ohio State's offense is just way better. They'll figure it out. Well, they didn't the last two years, and now Ohio State's offense is not better. The reason I am still optimistic is the defense for Ohio State. That's not something I don't think they've had. Um, Jim Knowles, year two, I think you just see a lot of growth the thing that killed ohio state last year we know big plays uh i mean you guys had at least i mean if i don't have the stats up but you had at least four touchdowns of over 50 yards like i it might even be five touchdowns over 50 yards i know for a fact your screen pass went for a touchdown donovan's two touchdowns and i think your tight end had one but i don't know if that was 50 yards but it was a big play nonetheless so jj big play. had
0: one down the sideline um okay pass that was like I yeah, know it was around like it. Yeah. 40, yeah. 50.
1: Whatever the case yeah. is, <laughs> big plays is what Ohio State's given up. I don't have the exact stat up in front, but I believe when I was watching the last game, Ohio State is top three in the country in 20-plus yard plays given up. Like at, They've given up the least. They're trying to take away the big play. Now, it's a lot easier to do that when you're playing the teams they've played. Now you play against a Michigan team – with two running backs that can hit the big plays, obviously Donovan Edwards is more of the big play running back than Corum is, but it's just it's going to be a chess match the whole game because of what these two teams are, and it's just going to be awesome. Cole, I'm going to get another say in a minute or two, but I'm going to let you go. I just there's so many like interesting little battles in this game. Um, now we haven't even mentioned that Michigan doesn't have Harbaugh on that field as that calming presence. Um, but these guys love Sharon Moore, and I don't think it's a massive drop-off. Obviously, it, for those that say it doesn't matter that Harbaugh's on the sideline, I don't agree with that because I think your head coach does matter. And Harbaugh's personality and his relationship with McCarthy, that's a big thing in a big game. So that's that's my uh, first take on this game, Cole.
0: Yeah, it is. First of all, you're right. That absolutely matters. Um, if you just look at the three games, um this could just be an anomaly or whatever. The three games that Sharon Moore has been the head coach have been JJ's worst games. Bowling Green, where he had three interceptions or two, I think it was three, and then um Penn State, where they didn't throw the ball really much in in the second half. and then um not I mean, not at all in the second half. and then against last week against Maryland. Those are the three games Sharon Moore has been the head coach for, and those are the three games JJ has played the worst.. Um, I, I'm not saying that um, I don't, I guess I'm saying, I don't know if, if there's correlation there, but um, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, and it's strong Moore will continue to get more comfortable and they'll continue to figure out and Harbaugh He watches the games, he's at practice, he will continue to evaluate, see what's working, what's not working. Talk to JJ, talk to Sharon Moore, talk to his coaching staff and I'm um, they will be prepared. It does uh, mean a lot not having your head coach, um, I mean, look at, uh, you have a guy on the sideline making those big decisions. You want the guy who has made those decisions in the Super Bowl, made those decisions uh, in Rose Bowls with Stanford and just in big games with Michigan. He has the experience. He has uh, the resume. He has the confidence where when there's a decision to make, you look at the guy who has done it for years in the biggest of stages. Um and just that that confidence that comes from having that guy that that matters a lot. Those decision makings you obviously will always want the guy who has been to a Super Bowl before and has won at every level um, help like be making that final decision. So that definitely matters a lot. Um, but no matter what, there's there's still no excuses. This is the game. Like you still have to show up. Um, there will be no excuses from that point of view if um, if Michigan is to lose this game. Um, but likewise. I almost think there's more pressure. I would say on Ryan Day. I mean, he he's not. Um, there's not it's not his fault. Obviously, it's just. But it is what it is. It's the fans in Columbus and the Ohio State fans everywhere will be. You can't even beat Sharon Moore. What are we doing? Like that's just the narrative that will come out. Um, so this is even bigger. Ryan Day has to win this game. Um, Ohio State now moving on to more the actual game. Um, Ohio State, their defense is a lot better than it was last year. Um, but they, they were better last year than they were the year before. Um, they were tougher last year than they were the year before. And, um, this is a big moment for their defense to prove that last year was an anomaly because Michigan was when they had Don Brown, they were dominant in the, uh, the, the other games when they had the, just the better athletes and than and the guys they were playing. But then when they get to the game, Ohio state would do whatever they want. They would just expose that aggressive defense. Um, Michigan already played an aggressive defense in Penn state and didn't really throw the ball much at them. So, um, there's that, but Ohio state has to prove it from allowing those big plays last year. They, they just have to, there's always going to be that thought in the back of, of, of my head and of your head. I'm sure of every Ohio state fans head of, can we stop the big play? Like they have to prove it still, uh, in the game where they're playing the best athletes and the best team they'll play all year. Um, assuming, an uh, in in all regular season. So, that that's a big thing that you're looking for is to see have they made those adjustments or is that style of defense that kind of like Don Brown had where it works against every team. You're more talented than, then you get to one, they can just scheme up touchdowns and big plays against you. So that's a big thing to look at Um, offense defense. And then uh, flipping the side, Michigan's defense has turned into um, a bend, don't break defense since Don Brown. And that is what has really been the key in helping us when the game is Ohio state has driven, obviously they're always going to score touchdowns. Um, we'll see about this year. Just given, like you said, this is, uh, one of, not the best offense compared to recent years. Um, still a good offense is not compared to what they have been, um, and holding them to field goals on those drives. And that's something Ohio state has, wasn't necessarily used to, especially in the game. Um, So can Michigan continue their success? These are two elite, elite defenses. Like, this could be a very low-scoring game because these are amazing defenses who have proven it all year. Um, And how does Kyle McCord handle it? I mean, he, he... he looked he's looked very average um i'll give him that he's looked very average and when he starts to play at michigan is very an opportunistic team and has had a lot of forced a lot of interceptions and turnovers um obviously there was that scary play that mccord had i think it was against was it against penn state um where it was called back because of a, a holding which it was a holding that just is what it is but um you you need to not have a play like that if you're kyle mccord in this game uh and you also need to be able to establish the, the run if you're travion henderson and i um, that is going to be a huge uh, matchup as well of that interior defensive line, our run-stopping defense, our big guys against Travion Henderson, and, and when he, his speed when he can bounce out. Can uh, Michigan keep him contained? Because I, I really think if you contain Travion Henderson, Ohio State is going to have an incredibly hard time because you're just going to ask Kyle McCord to step back and beat you, and that's something that you're okay, you're okay with living with. Obviously, there is – one of the best receivers that we've seen in recent years, um, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. that you have to find a way to cover and at least make his life hard, make him have to work for off the ball, um, uh, off the line of scrimmage, every single play, um, and limit, limit him. You're never going to eliminate him from the game, but you can limit him enough, or at least slow him down, make him have to work extra hard, um, and make that be the only thing that, uh, McCord will throw the ball up too is is that and, and just trust that you will have a safety over the top helping you out um, because I, we need to see Kyle McCord, I would say, prove it and as far as consistently spreading the, the ball around, obviously, Mecca, Abuka um, there's weapons all around the field um, it's just a matter of can Kyle McCord confidently end this crazy hectic hard environment uh it's going to be probably like 35 degrees 37 degrees so i mean it'll be cold but it'll be sunshine and um you should be able to do what you want to do if you're ohio state but can kyle mccord go out there drop back and throw the ball and and beat michigan
1: yeah i mean you look you look go back the years this is the quote worst quarterback ohio state has had i mean you just go back uh i mean obviously last year he's dj stroud then before that justin fields dwayne haskins jt barrett i mean you go down the list those quarterbacks are all better than kyle mccord is um now i do think the one thing that those teams have not had is a defense that ohio state does have this year and i think like cole i mean everything cole just said is accurate um what I want as an Ohio State fan is Ryan Day to be like he was against Georgia. Um, that is the ultimate Ohio State fan. Uh, what they want out of this game, Ryan Day in the Michigan game was very conservative early, um, and they let a team that was great stay in the game, and then Michigan just hit and they hit and they hit. And if you don't, if you call aggressive plays early and don't play like that it helps a lot in those games. Because, yeah, if you maybe I'm saying you get up 10 points. That's a big difference than getting up three points. And I think Ohio State fans just want a dominant, uh, aggressive Ryan Day calling the plays like he was in Georgia where he was just airing it out. Now the problem is he doesn't have the quarterback he had in that game. So that's a fair point, and that's a very valid point. Um, What I really like, though, and I'm confident with, Ohio State has been trending up offensively. Now, yes, opponent – That does matter. That is a thing, that they're not playing as good of a team as obviously they're playing in Michigan on Saturday. But they're starting to run the football. Henderson's looking better. The offensive line was a real struggle early in the year. The continuity of all five of those guys playing every snap this season together, that helps, especially going into a game on the road against I mean the best environment they're going to play in hands down this season. And you have to have that continuity and then you have the factor in Marvin Harrison Will Johnson I don't think I was doing some research I don't think Michigan's going to have Will Johnson shadow Marvin Harrison I looked into it they don't typically do that um, so you're going to see them move Marvin Harrison around a lot um, now that doesn't mean that can't take anything away from other receivers or other corners that Michigan has um, but I really think you're going to see a lot of Cade Stover and Emeka Buka Michigan's going to find a way to slow down Marvin Harrison. I don't see him going for like over a hundred yards unless he's hitting big plays. Um, I don't see him getting like 11, 12 catches for like 180 yards and stuff. Like I just, I think Michigan's too good and they're going to scheme to take him out. So you're going to need Cade Stover, Ameka Mecca uh, Julian Fleming. He made huge catches in the Notre Dame game down the stretch um, and then they also have Carnell Tate, who's getting a lot more run. Uh, obviously can give him a shout out because he shares the last name as me. He's going to be a stud. True freshman uh, from Chicago. He's going to be good. And the thing I think Ohio State has is an, uh, an athletic defense. I don't think some of their guys in the secondary have not always been the most athletic. They've kind of been bigger, um, not like exactly speed threats. Uh, you look at Pete Warner, uh, who is not always the fastest guy. Tommy Eichenberg isn't, but Steel Chambers is a very athletic guy, um, and I think that defense is just more athletic. It's no secret, guys. I'm picking Ohio State to win this game. Cole's picking Michigan to win this game, and we both truly believe our team is going to win the game. Like, And, yes, the spread shows that it should be that close of a game. But I think it comes down to an aggressive Ryan Day and a Kyle McCord that doesn't turn the football over. If Kyle McCord throws interceptions, the game is over, Michigan's winning. There is no scenario where if Kyle McCord is turning the ball over, that Michigan win, or that Ohio State wins. And Michigan has done a great job turning them over. I have the stats up. Both these teams are giving up less than 10 points a game. That's insane for an 11-game season. For those of you that I know it's the Big Ten, I know the Big Ten's down, that's still in insane, especially given the fact that, yeah, Cole's talked about Michigan. A lot of their starters aren't even playing the last quarter and they're still giving up no points. Ohio State's towards the end of the year, a lot of their starters haven't played in the fourth quarter and they've been keeping that total low. So Cole, I mean, it's going to come down to, it's a, it's, it's a little, it's going to come down to the little things. Can Ohio State limit big plays? And that's, what's been killing them the last few years. And Ken, J- Kyle McCord, be serviceable enough and do the job at hand, and I think that's what it takes for Ohio State to win. And the defense just plays like they have all year. But Cole, give me your uh, give me your takeaways on what Michigan needs to do to win.
0: Yeah, I, I think the first thing that they need to do is at least establish one thing early in the game on offense, whether that's you're, you're just connecting on a lot. Your passing game is, is what's working Uh, like they were early in the year. That was what was making their offense go. So either establish that you're going to be able to throw the ball on this team early or establish that you're going to be able to run on them early. So I I think that is very important um, to just establish that one thing early. um, So then you can play off that and feed off of that. Um, Michigan needs to establish that early. Um, and then the next thing is for Michigan, I don't think this is a, a, a end-all, be-all, but I do think if you can get pressure um, without blitzing, if you can stay in coverage and have just your guys on the defensive line, put pressure on McCord and get him uncomfortable, uh, get him on the ground, especially in just in that environment in a game that he has not played in before uh, with a, in front of 110,000 people who really just – it's, it's going to be loud. I mean, Michigan fans have stepped up in, in, in this game as of late. Uh, so if you can get him uncomfortable early, uh, get pressure without having to bring blitz because you do need a drop in coverage so then you can uh, have safeties in their zone, uh, just covering for Marvin Harrison and Mecca Ibuka. And at times, Kate Silver has gotten behind defenses this year. Um, so can that those big guys up front uh, and on our edges make McCord uncomfortable. Those are the two things to me. Establish one thing on offense early um, that you can then play off of. And then once that is established, can you, on defense, just make McCord uncomfortable and don't let them establish anything?
1: Yeah, see, I told... See, this is good analysis from both Cole and I. Like, there's there's not bias in this. Like, it we know what we're talking about. We've watched these teams play all season. And I mean... I, I bet you could go ask Kirk Herbstreit, and he'd be given the same uh, game, analysis for this game. Desmond Howard would be doing it. And it's Cole and I know what we're talking about, and it's it's going to be a great game. I don't think I, – I mean, I don't see this being a blowout anyway. I just – I really don't. Um, I, I think the defenses just are too good to allow that. But obviously, last year it turned into a blowout late, so who knows, Cole. It's just going to be a great game is all I know, and it's – uh. I'm glad I'm not watching it with you this year. That's all I can say. I had a tough time watching it with some of our friends last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, they uh they they told me that they are they're trying to get you to come this year. so uh, I told them that they they don't have a chance. no but, chance um, that I'd put a good word in. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think that's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, it's it says like I said earlier, it's the last time that these these teams are going to play each other with this on the line because next year, um, obviously the 12 team playoff also, there's no divisions, so they could technically, this could be part one, um, next year, and then they could play each other in the very next week in Indianapolis. So, um, it is it, a lot, a lot can happen, uh, it, over the next few years. But all I know is this year is the last year, um, at least for a good long while, maybe forever that we will ha- be able to have this at stake where it's really, everything is on the line, um. And it's just, you have to enjoy it. We, we thought that maybe last year was the last because, you know, you can never take for granted having two 11-0 teams. You can't just assume that's going to happen every year. But uh, we are back again this year, Two eleven 11 11-0 teams. And um, it is the best rivalry uh, in college football. And obviously because of how close we are to it, in my opinion, all of sports. I
1: love it. I love it. Cole, let's, let's wrap this episode up with our last uh, regular season, A-plus picks of the week. Uh, you come in at 26 30 and one. hey if you go five and zero this week you would have and you'd end the season with a winning record uh, I, I'm at 32 24 and 1 so I'm good not to not to brag but I'm I, if I go on five I'll be good so Cole start start me off.
0: all right so the first game I'm going to go to is just the team that has really, helped me cover my butt all year and made me look good. Give me Arizona minus 10 and a half. I kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, this team is going to come in ready to play. So yeah, Arizona minus 10 and a half against their bitter rival, Arizona State. Yeah, that line's too
1: low. Uh, I will be betting that on my own. Uh, I'm not going to pick it on the podcast, but I will definitely be betting that. I'm going to start off with a team that has just helped me all season long I think if I go back, I think I've probably won every time I pick this team and when they're involved. Uh, and that's Iowa. Give me Iowa plus two and a half on Friday at Nebraska. Uh, I don't know why they're the underdog. I know this rivalry is a huge deal, but I don't know why I was the underdog. So give me a Iowa plus two and a half.
0: I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech minus three versus uh, or at Virginia. Um, Virginia Tech has just shown this year, I think, to be the better team. This is a big rival. Um, and I, I do think that, I, I think Virginia Tech is has really improved over the year. And I'm just leaning Virginia Tech.
1: All right, well, I got to do it. I don't know if Cole's doing it, but I'm going to do it. Ohio State plus three and a half. And that's what FanDuel has it at. I know I said ESPN bet had them at three. I just checked and they were at three and a half. Um, so give me Ohio State plus three and a half. You got to pick it.
0: Am I allowed to take the minus? Uh, three. And we go, We've gone by Fanduel all year. If you can, if Fanduel says minus three. All right. Okay. All right. Give me. Nope. Michigan minus three and a half. I don't need the point. I don't need the actual half point.
1: <laughs> all right. Cole. We both. This is
0: something I'm not gonna bet. Also, uh, I mean, I'm that's what I'm gonna bet. I'm saying, uh, the under in this game. Um, I hopefully don't have that pick. I'm not taking anything away from you, but I think under 46 and points just with these two def- defenses. If I wasn't close to this game and just n- know it like I do and am tainted, um, just by it. Um, I think the under with two top 10 defenses, a 46 and points is a lot of points for this. Um, and so I think I would just, I would, I would look into that if you're an innocent bystander uh, participating in this one,
1: I'm going to go North Carolina minus three at North Carolina state, big rivalry game for them. And I think you see Drake may go out with a bang in that rivalry game. So I got UNC minus three.
0: All right. I have Marshall minus two and a half at home against Arkansas state. Arkansas state is a little inflated after uh, their 70 point win last week, uh, which made me look bad against Texas state. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, Marshall minus two and a half at home.
1: I'm going to stay in the big 10 because the big 10 has been profitable for me. Wisconsin, Minnesota under 41 and a half points. I don't think these offenses are good and I think their defenses are good. So 41 and a half is a lot of points. So give me the under in that one.
0: All right, my last one is a team that has been very profitable for me this year um, against a team that has not been as profitable as of late. Give me South Alabama minus five and a half at Texas State um i texas state i think is was a little overinflated and even in my head too after the baylor win baylor's not that good of a team um and i think south alabama is a very good team and i think that is not enough points
1: and i'm gonna do something i shouldn't do because of if they
0: lose i'll be double pissed because
1: i'll lose the future but i'm gonna take oklahoma minus nine and a half against tcu i think they're a better team by a lot and i think they win by two touchdowns so give me oklahoma minus nine and a half so this will wrap up our week 13 of A-plus picks of the week. Cole, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, We're going to have a great reaction episode. Uh, It's obviously one person's going to be very, very happy. The other person's not going to be very happy. Uh, For those of you just sports fans, really good college basketball this week um, and even continuing into next week. Um, Cole, any final thoughts? A lot of
0: good basketball. Uh, Eat your turkey. Just give yourself your casual sports viewing unless you're a Lions fan for the beginning of the day and watch your just watch these tournaments watch these great college basketball games especially uh, the battle for Atlantis um watch these casual uh midweek or late week uh college football games whether it's Nebraska Iowa uh the Egg Bowl and Ole Miss Mississippi State these are all these these are all just for me synonymous with Thanksgiving. It's all part of the vibe, and there's something so enjoyable about it. Uh, throw a little money down on those games. Just get yourself into it a little bit. Um, it's it's all part of the season. It be be thankful that uh, we still have a full slate of college football this week. And Jeff, I am thankful that it is that we get to have the game. Uh, that it's 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. Everyone in the country would love to be part of this game and we are so lucky that we get to be fans of teams that are in the biggest rivalry in all of sports jeff i hope your team gets absolutely killed i hope ohio state um just gives up 15 big plays i hope michigan absolutely throttles them ryan day loses to Sharon um and that ryan day every ohio state fan is just up in arms saying get him out of here um and that yeah i think Ohio like they're just they're just literally nothing to me i hate ohio state they are gonna get killed this week um and yeah this is the, like there's nothing i would love more than to see every than to bathe in every single tier of every buckeye
1: well i'm gonna end it on a different note uh i'm just gonna say uh everybody have a good happy thanksgiving uh watch a lot of sports and uh we'll see you next week on a degree in sports go buckeyes